2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfaith faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Here's our verse. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for not giving us a spirit of fear. Even when we want to be fearful, even when things scare the living daylights out of us, we have this verse as believers that God, this fear is not coming from you, but from the the enemy who wants me to doubt you, who wants me to question you, who wants me to say, where's your God now? When things are rough. But Paul says to Timothy, God didn't give us that spirit. But he gave us power and a sound mind. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. How about that verse? Fascinating. For God have not given us the spirit of fear. And if you're fearful, somebody gave it to you. But one person you cannot say gave it to you because the word of God, which I stand on, says that God didn't give it to you. So if you're worried about something, you're fearful about something, and it's driving you crazy, guess what? Didn't come from God. But the word of God does tell you what God gives you. He didn't give you the spirit of fear, but power. Can I say he gave you the spirit of power? How many here today need some power? Somebody needs some power. I need some power. We need power to live the Christian life. I heard someone say, you know, well, this song makes sense. We are on the battlefield. You need power to be on the battlefield. You know, weak soldiers out there. We talked last week about Gideon and he started off. Remember Gideon started off with his 32,000? God said, Gideon, you got too many for me to give you. Turn you over to the Midianites. He says, tell those who are fearful and afraid. Go on somewhere. 20,000 left. He said, Gideon, you still got too many. He said, I need some real dogs on this battlefield. He said, take them down to the river. And the ones that, the ones that put their blanket out, their water bottles and fill them all up. Tell them to go home too. And then he was down to 300. And he said, now, 
The people are ready because he had the 300 that one fearful. I've always told the story. I'm going to tell it to you one more time. It ought to be in your memory banks. It ought to be in your mind. There was a story of a, of a, of a church, and it, had, it was full. Like maybe imagine this church full. And then the, the, the bandits came in. They had on, you know, they had on their masks and they had on their, they had on their garment. They had a, AR-15s and rifles and stuff. And they walked in and said, if you're not willing to die, if you're not willing to die, go home now. And, and, and the church emptied out. Emptied out. Folk was just getting up out of there in a hurry. I think they, the story said about 10 or 15 people left and they pulled off their masks and said, now we can have church. I, I like that story because that's what God is. That's what God is saying. And, and when we look at 1 John 4, 18, and we went through the book of John, 1 John, it said, there is no fear in love. Love does not produce fear. How about that? There, there, love doesn't produce fear. Okay? Love is not an affection that produces fear. If I'm telling Cindy that I love her, there's no way she ought to be fearful of me. That makes sense. Amen. There, there, listen, listen, I love Amaya to death. She, she had no fear of me. She had no fear of me. Why? Why can I say that? Because there is no fear in love. Okay? I can say it because the Bible says it. I always say put a verse on it. Don't tell me something. You came back over scripture. I, I just believe that. Okay, but perfect love casts out fear because fear have torment. How about that? Okay, fear has torment. He that fear, notice this now. Now think about this: when you run into folks that's scared of everything, scared of what's happening to the world, what's going to happen, what's going to happen to my children when I ain't here, what's going to happen in the next five years, twenty years. Let's see. God's still going to be God in 20 years. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Deacon Jeremy, you know, in 20 years, God's still going to be on the throne. Amen. How about that? He that feareth, here's what you're talking to, is not made perfect in love. How are we made perfect in love? How are we made perfect in love? That was, that was, that was, that was Pastor, help me with that. How are we made perfect in love? By faith. By placing our faith and trust in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are made perfect in love. How about that? Let's let's talk about what God gives us. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. And and, and last and last week we talked about Gideon and we, we, we went through Gideon pretty good. But Paul was one of the most fearless Christians. That ever lived. He, he, ought, he ought to be everybody's role model. You know, I always say when I get to heaven, I want, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. Then I want to see Paul. Okay? Then I want to see Paul. I, I, just want to, I just want to lay my eyes of grace on him and say, Paul, man, you, you, just, you was just phenomenal. Okay? Watch Paul. Watch the fearlessness of Paul. Stay with me. I just want to read a little bit of scripture. I know y'all read the Bible a lot this week, so I know it might be a little overdoing it, but Amen. Acts 20 and 17. I, I just, will you turn there for me and walk with me through the mind of Paul? 
Walk with me through the mind of Paul. And I, and I just want to, I just want to see, I just want to spend a little time on this. I won't talk about the power of God today. But I but when I look at this this verse, and this is this is one of the great verses in the Bible, one of the ones that captivated me years ago when I was studying Paul in his life. Acts 20 and 17. Now here's Paul talking to his church. He's leaving and he's going to Rome. Okay? And it says in Acts 20 and 17, it says, and from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Paul's calling the elders of the church for a conversation. And when they were come to him, he said to them, you know from the first day that I came to, unto Asia, what manner I have been with you in all seasons. That's, that's, a, that's a good way. That's a good look. When, when, when things were going bad, I was with you. When things were going good, I was with you. Nothing, nothing changed. Paul was stable. He was solid, okay? Unmovable. Amen. Serving the Lord. Here's Paul. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. <sighs> Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. And with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lion and weight of the Jews. They wanted to kill Paul. Amen. Okay? Like that story I just told you, you know, a lot of Christians, somebody say, I'm going to kill you if you still keep being a Christian. Well, you know, we empty out a lot of churches. Amen. Okay? True. You're not willing to die for this. Somebody, somebody said, if it ain't worth dying for, it ain't worth living for. Verse 20. Now, now. This is an interesting verse too. Now, y'all probably say, Pastor, stop saying that because you believe every verse is interesting. And I really do. But verse 20 is really interesting because Paul says, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. It's easy, it's easy to backpedal. It's easy for a preacher or a pastor to compromise the scriptures and, and not preach something because it may be offended. It may offend somebody, or it may be too aggressive, or it may not be politically. Correct. Mm-hmm. Paul says, I kept back nothing that was profitable, uh, profitable unto you, but have shown you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. He was serious about his people being equipped. He was serious about his people being understanding. This would be the equivalent of somebody saying, Pastor, I really don't understand what you're saying. Well, I will come and meet you at Panera Bread or Starbucks and we'll work through this because you have to get an understanding of this. Okay? Okay? Yes, dear. Testifying, verse 21, both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Didn't matter to Paul. The Jews hated him. The, G- the, G- the Greeks called him a fool, and the Jews wanted to kill him. And he still testified. What did he testify? Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That ain't an easy message. Talking to people who don't believe, talking to people who don't believe, talking to people who believe you are a fool is not an easy thing. I'm going to get to verse 24. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Okay? Not knowing the things that shall befell me. 
saving that the Holy Ghost witnessed in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Paul knew he was going to die in Jerusalem. Well, he was going to die in Rome, excuse me. Watch what he says in verse 24, and I'm going to move on. Y'all see that? But none of these things move me. Amen. None of these things move me. Paul was fearless. I'm going to stop there. I could speak on that a little longer, but I want, I want to get to something today. We, we talked about God did not give us the spirit of fear. What did he give us? What did the word of God say? Power. What do we need power for? Think about that. What do we need power for? We need power. We need, we need power to do the will of God. And this ain't no any kind of power. Okay, this is not your battery or going out and get a battery or getting a new alternator or something like that. No, this is the power that comes from God. That every Christian not, not only should desire, but we, we should be begging God for, I want more power. I want more power. Okay? Paul, Paul being beat down, being called a hypocrite, probably being called a fake money preacher, a hustler. Paul, got, Paul took it all. Paul took it all. You know what he said? You know what he said? Romans 1.16. Y'all know that verse. Paul says, y'all can say whatever y'all want to say. Y'all can talk about me. Y'all can hate on me. Y'all can put a fast out. Y'all can want to kill me. But here's what Paul says. For I'm not ashamed. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why, Paul? For it is the power of God. That's what it is. So when I, when I see people, and I see people, and you, you ought to see them too. They're they powerless. Fear has overwhelmed them. And you know, in the area, I, I was saying this just this, this morning, you know, I happened to turn the radio and I listened to 91.7. It's a Christian radio station. But they had a Christian mental health doctor on. And, man, these guys are they're really bugging me, man. He's a Christian mental health professional. And he said, well, if you, feel, if you feel tired, if you feel sluggish, if you're sleeping too much, you're eating too much, you're eating too less. And he, basically, everything you do is tied to mental health. And, and I was sitting here like, that's not true. We're going to go through. We're we on the battlefield. We're going to go through. We're going to have some stuff that we got to deal with. Paul says, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He says, it is the power of God on the salvation to everyone that believeth. Believeth. That's what the problem is. Folks don't believe. That's why the world going crazy. This ain't hard for the believer. You look around, you see a godless world. What do you think will happen in a godless world? Godless Amen. things. Amen. That's just the way it goes. It's not, it's not rocket science. 1 Peter, Peter's talking about, Peter's talking about heaven. How many of you know you need the power of God to go to heaven? Amen. How many of you know there's not going to be anybody in heaven that don't have the power of God? Amen. Pastor, you, you're always on heaven. Yeah, I'm always on heaven. I like talking about heaven. I like, see, I like talking about places I'm going. 
You, you, you remember the story I told you guys years ago? I'm, I'm, I'm in a reminiscent type mood today, huh? So the little boy, the little boy had a great relationship with his father, Columbus. Really had a great relationship with his father. His father, he was a traveler. He traveled all over the world. But the little boy, he would always talk to his little boy and say, here's where I'm going and why I'm there. I'm going to get you a souvenir from this place and I'm going to visit this place. He would go visit all the places in that place he was going. Wherever he was going in his job, he would always talk to his son about. They would sit down and plan it all out. And his father died. And at the funeral, and at the funeral, everybody was coming up to the little boy and saying, oh, your daddy's in heaven. Your papa's in heaven. Your papa's in heaven. And the little boy said, my daddy ain't never talked about going to heaven. He said, my daddy ain't never talked about going to heaven. That makes sense. Tell me about somebody going to heaven. They never talk about heaven. Paul says this. He says, to an inheritance, 1 Peter 5, 1, 5. He says, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. This is what heaven is. An inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that Fadeth not away. Fadeth not away. Watch this now. Reserved. First Peter 1 Peter 4 and 5. Reserved in heaven for you. That's personal. Okay? Now my question is, who are the for you? You got to know who the for you are. Verse 5 tells it right off. Who are kept. Who are kept. Who are kept. By the power of God. Through faith. Unto salvation. Ready to be revealed. In the last time. Y'all got that? Who's getting this inheritance? See. See when a rich man. Has an inheritance. He, 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 listen, the family clown is not on the list. Okay? Let me say that again. You got an inheritance. You're not sitting here saying, well, to my son who was useless, Amen. drank up everything, smoked weed and crack all his life. I'm leaving everything. That don't even sound right to it. That ain't how it goes. Okay? To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Here we go. Here's to you who are kept, who are kept by the power of God. Meaning, they believed in the power of God. They believed that Jesus Christ died for their sin, and they lived a life that gave glory and honor to God. They were kept by the power of God through faith. Unto salvation. Now somebody's when I say it ready, somebody say it ready. 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 Okay? Okay. You you're not gonna have a chance to get ready when it comes. Amen. Okay? Somebody used to say, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Okay? See, when we told the story about the, the ten virgins, five who were wise. 
and five who were foolish. And when the, when the, when the Lord came, the four, five foolish ones, they was knocking on the door. Who are ready to be revealed in the last time. Listen, listen, listen. We need power to keep us calm. We live in a crazy world. Amen. There's stuff going around. There's stuff going around us all the time. Yeah. Crazy. Colossians 1.11. Watch what, watch what Paul says. Paul must have been one of the calmest guys in the Bible. He says this in Colossians 1.11. He says this about the power of God. He says, strengthen with all might. Strengthen with all might. I heard, I heard Marion say, you know, 10 years ago, she asked God, I, I just want to go deeper. I just want to, I just want to be stronger. I just want to be strengthened by, with all your might. That's what she said. She didn't put a scripture on it, but that's what she meant. And all of us as believers, we have to come to a point in our life and say, God, I need, I need more. I need more. I want to be stronger. I want to be more courageous. I want to be bolder. I want, I, I want to be all I can be. I don't, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to leave nothing here. I used, to, I used to hear people when we play sports and stuff or go to the gym and say, I left it all. I left it all on the court. Amen. I left it all in the gym. I left it all in the ring. Whatever. Amen. Well, we don't do that in Christianity. We saw Shay in here and, uh, you know what, you know, whatever. You know, we, we got that attitude. That's not a good attitude. Amen. You ought to want to be great. You ought to want to be great for God. You ought to want to be big for God. You ought to, you ought to, want, to, you ought to want to magnify him like Mary said. He said, Lord, I, I want to magnify you. I want to make you big. Paul said, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. That's a beautiful verse. Isn't that a beautiful verse? All this going around, all this going, give me patience, God. Give me patience. I want to be long-suffering. See, we don't like talking about being long-suffering, but, but that's, a, that's something that we ought, to want, we ought to desire. I want to be able to get through this and getting through it in a way that gives you glory, even though it's a tough situation. Even though i got to put this loved one in the ground, I want to do it in a way to give you glory and honor. How about that? How about that? Even if I got this, I got this bill, the doctor told me I got cancer and I got six months to live, I want to give you glory like I never gave it to you in these last six months. Man, you, you can get ready for that. Get ready for that. Give God glory in cancer. Give God glory. You know, I, I'm, I'm dying. And doctor told me I'm dying. But I'm going to give you glory these last couple days. Hmm. Powerless Christians don't even understand that. They say, Pastor, you need to go on with that. I ain't trying to die. I'm going to live forever. We are going to live forever. Just not down here. Amen. Power to equip. I, I like talking about just power of God. Power to equip. I always think about this when I see the roof of people. They got everything on their trucks. Very rarely, you, you know, roofing folks, they got everything, man, they got it all set up. Especially you look at some of these big ones like Groover, you know, they got nine trucks on their way to a job site. And they got everything they need on them trucks. They're going to get that job done in the day. 
And they told the, work, told the people who buy that, I'm going to get this job done in a day. Power to equip. Look at Ephesians 6.10. Paul's talking, closing out Ephesians. And, he, and he's, he's about ready to give the, the people the arm, whole armor of God. But he says this in Ephesians 6.10. He says, finally, finally, my brethren. Are we his brethren? Sister in a word, we his brothers and sisters in Christ. This applies to us then, don't it? When you say, mm-hmm. finally, my brethren. Here's another command. When you say this is a command, deacon, be strong in the Lord. You, you know, sometimes I, I, I just, I, 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 I watch, I watch just enough sports to talk about them anymore. But I sometimes watch these announcers. You ever turn on ESPN and listen to these experts? They know all about this team. They know every tendency, everything. That's how they make their living. And they know everything about them. You name the team, name the player, they'll tell you everything about them. They'll tell you the kids' names. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. We ought to be strong in the things of God. We ought to, be, we ought to have a desire to be strong in his word. Strong in testifying. Strong in going out into this world and telling lost souls about their need for a Savior. Amen. Man, that would be something, you know. I always, always would wonder. I say, wonder, wonder if, if Tom Brady was a, was a preacher and applied all the same things to preaching as he did to being a quarterback. One of Tiger Woods would have got called to the ministry and took all all the gifts and talents that he had for golf and and applied it to scriptures. Man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Can I give you one more? I'm going to give it to you anyway, so. Amen. Who want to be used? And, and, you know, I, I sit here and, 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 and you, you ought to want to be used. And that don't mean you want to be preaching. Because some of our greatest work happens outside the doors of the church. Amen. Some of the greatest work happens outside of the doors of the church. Amen. You know, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a story. I'm, I'm, I'm got storytelling today. So, so the guy showed up at church, and, 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 and the church had let out. And he didn't know what time it started. So he showed up at church, and the janitor was there. And, 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 and he asked the janitor, he said, janitor, what time service start? And he said, church service started, started already. He said, where are the people at? He said, they out serving. See, y'all missed that. Amen. Did y'all miss that? You missed that, Margaret? You got that. Service started when we out in the public. When we, you don't know who you're running into. You don't know, the, you know, we said this morning, you know, be careful how you entertain strangers. You don't know. You don't know who done watered that. You don't know who done watered that. You don't know who done planted a seed somewhere, and you may come along the water. You may come along with just the word they need to hear. Amen. Just the word they need to hear. Amen. A handshake, a hug, just a, just a how you doing. And, and, and I don't mean a how you doing, you just walk by somebody. I mean, how you doing to stop and sit and, and really hear how they doing? How you doing today? How you doing? I'm, 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 having, a, I'm having a rough day. If we stopped and, and if we ever stopped, we might hear that. We just say, how you doing? And shoo. 
power to be used. Paul, 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 well, this is Peter writing in, 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 in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, he says to the people, because they wanted, they wanted what Peter had. And Peter says this. He said, but you shall receive power. That's, now, now, that's an interesting statement. Because if you tell me, I, I don't know if I received my power. You probably didn't. The word of God says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come unto you. Okay. So no power. No Holy Ghost. No Holy Ghost. No power. Okay. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be. You shall be. Not that you might be, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria. Power. Power. Micah, the prophet Micah, known for calling folk out. That's what prophets did. That's why they got their heads cut off. See, prophets, prophets, it was a death sentence to be called a prophet. I don't know why these guys today want to call themselves prophets. I'll be listening, folks. I'm a prophet. uh, Listen, all the prophets died. Micah, Micah the prophet. Okay, how many? You know, I, I, I had to do some research on Micah. You know who Micah is? You know who the prophet Micah is? Any, anybody ever heard of Mephibosheth? Mephibosheth was 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 one of Jonathan's sons, and when and war broke out, they dropped Mephibosheth, and he was crippled. Okay. And when Jonathan died, David was feeling, feeling some kind of way. And David said, I made a promise to Jonathan that, that I was going to take care of his people. Is there anybody left from Jonathan's family? And they said, there's a, there's a guy thinking David, David was going to discourage David because Mephibosheth at this time, he was poor and living in a poor country. He was crippled. You know, folks don't like to mess around. You know, you ain't bringing on poor, crippled folk to the king. They didn't understand what kind of king David was. David David was, was truly called a man after God's heart. He was truly, truly the greatest king that ever lived. Not only the greatest king of all Israel, but the greatest king that ever lived. And David, and they said, there's, there's, a young, there's a young man named Mephibosheth. He crippled and poor. And David said, go get him. The Bible, the Bible says, the Bible says, in, in, in 2 Samuel, you want to read that story? 2 Samuel 9, 12, it said, and Mephibosheth had a young son. He had a young son whose name was Micah. And all that dwelled in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. See, once, God, once David called Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth became a great man of God and had a son. And his name was Micah. And I just want to read verse 3, 8 of Micah. And it says, but truly, Micah says this because he was a prophet. Watch this. Watch this. But truly, I am full of power. By the spirit of the Lord and of judgment and of might to declare unto Jacob in his transgressions and to Israel his sins. That's what a prophet did. That's what a prophet did. Called him out. Folks don't like to be called out. Like, I don't call this out. Leave me alone. 
Let me die in my sins. Let me die and go to hell, preacher. I'm not. You can, go, you can die and go to hell, but it won't be because you haven't heard it. See, deacons, deacons ought to be full of power too. See, we, we, we do deacons now. You're a deacon because you, you can't be a deacon unless you own your own business. <laughs> you got to own something. And you got you to have some money. They don't care about power, but, you know, hey, he's a deacon, you know. He's going to do whatever I say. That's my boy. No, no, no. Acts 6 5 talks about deacons. I'm going to throw everybody under the bus. Amen. Okay. It says, it says this when we, we call him Stephen. We call him Stephen, one of the greatest deacons in the Bible. It says in Acts 6, 5, and they, they, they had a big church. Churches growing, and, and folks started to fuss, and they said, let's appoint us some deacons to take care of the church's business. Same thing, that same role of deacon today. Okay? Take care of the church's business. Good to have, it's good when a deacon have a good wife, too. That's one of the criteria. And the wife do all the work and the deacon get all the credit. All right. <laughs> Good job with the heat and everything, Jeremy. <laughs> and the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose Stephen. Watch Stephen. Watch Stephen. A man. So someone went, you know, women don't want to be deacons. They just want to be preachers. <laughs> <laughs> You ever know, anybody ever noticed that? I never heard a deacon. I never heard a woman say, "You know what? I want to be a deacon." No, I'm going to skip the deacon. I want to be a pastor, a man full of faith. Here's Stephen. He was a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Meaning what? He was full of power. Amen. He was full of power. Now, look, look, watch what the Word of God does to the next three or four. And Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmasus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. They just had titles. That's a, verse 8 of that same chapter 6, it said, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Having the power of God. Is dangerous. Let me say that again. Having the power of God is precarious. It's dangerous. You don't. You gotta be careful what you ask for. Okay. You know. You know. We, we preachers is popular today. Popular. You can run. You can be the senator. How can you be a senator and a preacher? See, that's to me. That's just me thinking outside the box. Okay. This is enough. Spurgeon said, Spurgeon said, once you become a preacher, once you become a pastor, everything else is a everything else is a is a step down. This is the greatest call. Preaching the gospel is the greatest call that a man can receive. Everything else is emotion. Okay? 
Paul, Paul wanted power. Not to show off. Not a jet. Not a jet. You know, not a jet. Not a $10 million house. Not a Bentley. Okay. He wasn't begging his churches for Rolexes and stuff like that. Paul, Paul says this in Acts 9.22. It says this about Paul. It says, but Paul increased the more and strength or power. And confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this very Christ, that's what he did. He, he confounded them by proving that this very Christ had rose from the grave. They couldn't dispute Paul. You know, when folks can't dispute you, when they, can, when they can sit here and say, well, you know, you can have that Christianity. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. And you just keep on giving them reasons why it's real. And you just keep giving them the word. You just keep giving them truth. And you just keep standing on it. And you just keep standing on it. And they'll sit there. I don't want nothing to do with you. How about that? Watch this. Watch what they did to Paul. They couldn't, they couldn't deal with Saul. And they said, and after many days were fulfilled of Paul proving this very Christ. <laughs> I'm in Acts 9.22. The Jews took counsel. To kill him. Ain't that something? The word of God offends folks. The truth of God offends folks. Okay? The Bible says they, they banded together and bound themselves under a curse saying they would neither eat or drink until they killed Paul. The question, question was asked to me recently. How, how does it feel? How do you feel having, having raised a son who has who wants nothing to do with you or your ministry or your God that you serve, and, and you raise them and make sure he had everything necessary to, to live a productive life. How does it feel? Okay. And I thought about that. And, 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 and I know what my answer is because I understand. I understand. The Bible says, if the world hate you, okay, you know that it hated me before it hated you. That's just part of the territory. Okay? The Bible says in Amos 3, 3, how can two walk together except they agree? And, and that, doesn't, that doesn't mean, okay, well, that's because they family. Just because they family, well, they, you know, it's going to be a little different. It ain't no different. Family hates you just like the world hates you. If the family hate Jesus, they're going to hate you. Okay? And then I sit here and I think, they hated Paul. They hated my Lord. They hated the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I guess I'm in good company when folks hate you. Don't despise, don't try to make it, don't, you know, some, you know don't, some people struggle being people pleasers. You, you ain't going to be no people pleaser and, and, and serve God. Okay. It ain't happening. Your faith. Your faith. When I say your faith, what, what I mean is your trust in God. Your trust in God. Your, your, when I say your faith, that means your trust in God. Your commitment to God. Your God. Everything stands on the power of God. Without the power of God, you ain't got no faith. Let me give you a scripture. <laughs> 
I love saying that now that Marion come here. <laughs> let, me, let me give you a scripture because I, I don't like saying stuff that. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's got to line up. So I go to I go to one of the one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And it's probably highlighted in your Bibles. Okay. Mary, your Bible's on the way. First Corinthians 2 1. Watch this. Now y'all, y'all, y'all know this. Some of y'all can just probably just quote me as I as I read it. Paul, Paul writing to the, the Corinthian church because the Corinthian church was in the people pleasing. Okay, they was in the people pleasing. They was in the doing everything for show. They wanted, they wanted all the attention on themselves and, and, and they was out of line because people, people's faith suffer when you refuse to preach truth and you want to put a pacifier in everybody's mouth. Sooner or later, that little baby don't want no pacifier. I'm not putting no... Listen, ain't none of them babies in here today on pacifiers. Okay. They getting biggie bags and stuff like that. <laughs> Telling you what kind of sauce they want. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Paul, Paul writing to the Corinthian church says this. 1 Corinthians 2.1. He says, and brethren, when I came to you, he said, came not with excellency of speech and of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. He declared unto them the testimony of God, but he used the scriptures to do it. He wasn't jazzy. He wasn't cute and jazzy. He was just straight. See, some people go to church and leave and don't know what the preacher said. Don't know what he preached about. He said, but he looked good doing it. He sounded good. <laughs> he said nothing, but he sounded good. Smooth. The Bible said, the people asked the preacher, they said, preach to us smooth things. Tell us that we are right in our sins. Tell us it's okay to smoke boot and blunts. Tell us it's okay. It's okay to drink and fornicate. It's okay to have a you know an affair. They don't even call it the real thing. It's adultery. Okay. It's okay to it's okay, okay to be L G B T E F G. It's okay. It's okay. Well, you know, it's okay. You know, if you, you if you if you get pregnant and you don't want to have it, just you know, just just go ahead on and kill it. Okay, it's okay. No, it ain't okay. Paul said, "For I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified." If I can't back up what I'm saying with Jesus Christ and Him crucified, I don't need to say it. And then Paul said, I'm determined to do it. Paul said, Paul said, I'm determined to do it. That's a strong word. Nothing going to stop me. I'm going to be steadfast and unmovable. And you know what? And, and, and he knew they had a pocket full of stones. And then he says in verse 3, he knew, what, he knew what kind of crowd he was talking to. And he said, I was with you in weakness and fear. And in much trembling. In my speech, in my preaching. Here we go. Didn't matter. He was he was in when I'm in weakness and fear, much trembling, but it didn't matter. Paul said, For me to live Christ, 
and the dice game. And he said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Okay? See, 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 man's wisdom will get that money out of your pockets. Paul said, I wasn't concerned about that. He says this. Here's what he was saying. But in demonstration, Paul said, I wanted to demonstrate how powerful God is. He said in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Let me say let me tell you something. If you saved today, if you're here today and you know Jesus Christ, your Lord say, and you say, and you know you say, and you born again, and you know you're born again, and you got the Holy Ghost living in you, and you know it's living in you. That's the most powerful thing that God has ever done. That's the most miraculous thing that God has ever done. That He rose you up, quickened you while you was dead in your trespasses and sin. You, 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 if you still need another miracle, something wrong with you. If you know the whole God called you out of, if that's not enough to prove to you that He is God, then you are an adulterous, sinful generation. How about that? Here's the, here's the last verse I'm going to give you. I, I thought I was going to get a little more today, but I, I know when to stop. Y'all might not think I know when to stop, but I know when to stop. Here's why Paul preached the gospel. Here's why Paul preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, him crucified, and was determined to do it. Verse 5. That your faith. See, see Paul understood faith. Paul, Paul, Paul said, without faith. It's impossible to please God. You need faith. If you, 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 you lead this world with, you can, listen, you can lead this world, you're going to leave everything behind. One thing you better hold on to, one thing you better have is your faith. Is your faith. Paul says that your faith, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man. What's dangerous about that? What is so dangerous about your faith standing in the wisdom of man? Because the wisdom of man, the wisdom of man did not die on Calvary's cross. Okay? The wisdom of man didn't die for your sins. The wisdom of man didn't rise from the grave on the third day. No, it didn't. Amen. No, he didn't. He says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. The power of God. Amen. The power of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you this morning. Thank you for this day. Thank you for a day when the word of God can be declared. Father God, we live in, we, we live in desperate times. Difficult times. Father God, I, I, I just pray that you just continue to give me the power to preach to God, the word of God, uncompromising. Preach it in a way where a lost soul can hear it and be convicted in their sins. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I know ain't nobody in here cold today. No. Amen. Sylvia ain't hot.